are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just when you thought you knew what this Miami Dolphins team was going to do, they turn around and do something like this. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2000. And 21, and today is the ode to Kyle Van Noy. We hardly knew ye. The Dolphins, the news breaking yesterday afternoon, courtesy of first ESPN's Cameron Wolf and then NFL Network's Mike Garofolo. The Dolphins are going to be parting ways with linebacker Kyle Van Noy one year after signing him to a four-year, $51 million contract with $30 million in guarantees. I saw the questions all afternoon, all evening on social media. We're here to set the record straight. We're going to sort through all the fine details here. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, and director of scouting at the Draft Network. The first thing we have to do is we have to get into the nitty-gritty of what this decision means for the Miami Dolphins this offseason, and I will tell you right now, you better buckle up because if Miami is willing to part with a team leader, regardless of the fact that he's 30 years old, it's, it's he's the oldest player under contract on the team, or he was the oldest player under contract on the team, or I guess the proper phase, phrasing is he would have been the oldest player under contract going into free agency. Um, if they're willing to part with a player like this, who was a big culture ad for them. Brian Flores had a great working relationship with Kyle Van Noy. Uh, all bets are off. But if they're clearing, clearing $9.75 million in cap space, which is the minimum that they will clear, depending on how this proceeds from here, then you can be rest assured the Dolphins are going to be planning on spending money once again. And this is... I think back to early in the offseason. I said the name of the game for the Dolphins this offseason as it pertains to the theme of the team-building effort is flexibility. And it don't get any more flexible than signing a guy to a four-year, $50 million contract with $30 million in guarantees and then cutting or trading him a year later to open up cap space. That's flexibility. And that also comes back to what I said when talking about how the Dolphins could approach this offseason and why I was okay with how they chose to address last offseason. It's not spending money. It's how you spend money. And the Dolphins structured a contract that was four years, $51 million in length, with $30 million in guarantees, and could cut Van Noy outright right now and take on a dead cap hit of barely over $4 million on a contract that had $30 million in guarantees. Well, Kyle, doesn't that mean they gave Kyle Van Noy $30 million in cash? No. The Dolphins paid Kyle Van Noy $15,025,000 for one year on the team, and that's it. Here's the breakdown. Kyle Van Noy signed for the $12 million signing bonus. That signing bonus, the Dolphins took $6.5 million of it 
and designated it as a roster bonus that was paid out the day he signed the deal. And that money stayed in the 2020 cap because it was a roster bonus, not a signing bonus that gets prorated over the life of the contract. Again, structuring and facilitating your guaranteed dollar amounts to strategically keep your cap hits heavy early with the guarantees that allows you the opportunities to pivot as opportunities arise down the road. The other $5.5 million, $1.375 of that was a prorated signing bonus that the Dolphins took onto their 2020 cap and the other $4.125 million of that $12 million signing bonus is the prorated amount over the next couple of years that the Dolphins are going to be responsible for as dead cap. That's the $12 million signing bonus. Kyle Van Nuy got a $3 million base salary last year. So you add that $12 million signing bonus with a $3 million base salary and a $25,000 workout bonus. And there is your $15 million, $25,000. So, Kyle, how do you get to $30 million in guarantees? Well, the way the Dolphins structured Van Noy's contract was if Van Noy was under contract with the Dolphins on March 20th or 21st of 2021, so in less than three weeks, his salary, his base salary for the 2021 season would have converted into fully guaranteed money, and it was something like $12 million, dollars $25 million, $12.5 million. And the same thing was going to happen for a portion of his 2022 salary, which is listed as base salary, but not fully guaranteed until you hit that date on the calendar. So that's how the Dolphins can sign a deal for four years, $51 million in total worth, $30 million in guarantees, and get out of it after one year having paid out $15 million and only have $4 million in dead cap space to move forward with from this point in time. How you structure contracts matters. And Dolphins fans, regardless of what your thoughts are on the Dolphins moving on from Kyle Van Noyen, we're going to talk about that next. The way the Dolphins structured this contract, much like the way the Dolphins structured the Xavier Howard contract, these are wins for Chris Greer. And I know there's some frustration. Oh, he's signing bad contracts. He's, he's not, this is a good contract, first of all. Never mind the fact that they're moving on from Van Noy after a year. Never mind the fact that we should probably try to find a way desperately to move on from Eric Flowers after just one year as well. you got to pay somebody to play on your team. But you don't want to be paying a guy three years down the road for what you wanted three years ago, but you can't get out of it because you threw him a bunch of money and it was structured in a poor way that was going to keep this guy on your roster for an extended period of time and keep you paying him for an extended period of time. This is a great contract for the Dolphins to have signed, structured the way that it is, because it gives the Dolphins flexibility, which is the name of the game for Miami moving forward. Nobody could have possibly bet that this decision was going to be made by the Miami Dolphins but if you're interested in sports betting, bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing right now. Plus, bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can come up with. 
BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and is the best way to place your bets. Plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked on. So the next question uh, a lot of Dolphins fans have is why? Why did the Dolphins sign Kyle Van Noy just to cut Kyle Van Noy? And does that make the signing a flop? I don't think Kyle Van Noy played particularly bad in 2020. I thought he played quite good when you take into account uh, he played a a vast portion of the season with a hip injury. uh, And that hip injury even included him spending a night at the hospital. And that was part of the statement Van Noy said to uh, Mike Garofolo, or via Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, uh, upon the report going public, I am surprised and disappointed in their decision. As a captain, I gave my all to the team. I fought through a painful hip injury during the season, including spending a night in the hospital after a game. I was brought there to be a leader, and I know my teammates looked up to and respected me. I'm looking forward to making an impact on my next team on and off the field. I have a ton of respect for Kyle Van Noy, and I wish him nothing but the best. And there's a part of me that wishes he was still going to be a part of this football team. Because he is a great leader, and he's well-versed in this defense. But the unfortunate reality is when the Dolphins signed... Kyle Van Noy to the contract that they did. The financial implications of the COVID-19 pandemic were so widely unknown. And now we're seeing, as we wait for the league to set the salary cap, which is still not set, by the way, but expected to come in somewhere around $185 million, which is a reduction of approximately $15 million or more, the floor set at $180 from what last year's cap was. Losing cap hurts in a big way this team's flexibility to move forward and to continue to build out a roster that they feel is well-rounded. And the Dolphins' spending skewed way disproportionately to the defensive side of the ball. But those commitments were made. And now the Dolphins have to find a way to upgrade offensively in a way that they feel comfortable with. $9.75 million in cap space can get you a really good player. A really good player, offensively. Might be able to pay for Aaron Jones by himself. And now you've traded Kyle Van Noy for Aaron Jones. It's an unfortunate way of looking at it, but at the same time, nobody really knew, nobody in their right mind could have expected a global pandemic to come and impact every imaginable way of everyday life. And NFL teams certainly aren't banking for that when they're projecting their salary cap year over year. And the Dolphins, you get the sense that spending was always going to be a part of the plan. And teams spent last year in free agency. They did because the cap went up again because it was based off of 2019 revenue sharing. But now they're sitting here and we're looking at the books and we ask ourselves, okay, we're eighth in the league in cap space, but we don't really have a ton. We have enough to to have a serviceable offseason. But this tells you the Dolphins' plans, they want to be aggressive again. They want to go all out. Again. We'll see how that goes. 
but I would expect that spending to skew on the offensive side of the football now. The unfortunate reality is that the linebacker position, even for somebody as versatile as Van Noy, the linebacker position, you are seeing more and more of teams that marginalize that position group because this whole, so much of the game is played in nickel defense. And Kyle Van Noy wasn't especially effective in coverage this past year. Some of that was probably the hip. But he's not a standout athlete in space as a coverage option. He's much more effective in run defending and interior pressure as a blitzer. Well, the Dolphins have a lot of guys who can win as pass rushers, and they have a really stout defensive line, or at least it projects and forecasts that way with Raekwon Davis and Zach Sealer and their player development and Christian Wilkins. So this was a numbers game. This was a business decision. But I hope Dolphins fans look at this and they understand that, like, Kyle Van Noy came to the Dolphins in large reason because of his relationship with Brian Flores. Of course, the Dolphins paid him a ton of money. got $15 million in cash last year to play for the Dolphins. Don't expect the Dolphins to make emotional decisions. This is business. Is this going to impact... Uh, that was another question I had. People questioning, you know, how do you feel about Brian Flores' decision-making... Uh, do you think this is going to impact potential free agents to see a team that, that cuts a player a year into signing a deal? No. It's business. The The NFL is known as not for long for, for a reason. It's because this kind of stuff happens every year. Now, if the Dolphins sign Van Noy to fully guaranteed salary and they sign him to four years, $51 million fully guaranteed, and they cut him after a year, yeah, you'd be stunned. That'd be bad business. But this is in the big picture when you look at positional value of linebackers, and the Dolphins need to overhaul that room anyway. And that's the next piece of the conversation we'll have. The trends across the league for playing in more nickel and having multiple safeties on the field, three safeties on the field, instead of an extra linebacker. Van Noy's age, his cost, the salary cap reduction, which was completely unforeseen at the time of signing the contract, There's a lot of variables at play here that made this decision one that is sensible, even if it's not necessarily one that, that I would have rooted for. I like Kyle Van Noy. I enjoyed having Kyle Van Noy as a member of the football team. I would have liked Kyle Van Noy to continue to be a member of the football team. But the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, and for as much work as the linebacker room needs, the offense needs a lot more work than that. A lot more work than that. And as a result, the Dolphins are going to allocate their funds. They're going to look, they looked at the overall assessment of the defensive side of the football and Kyle Van Noy for cost, for age, for any other number of variables that the Dolphins could have accounted for was the player that the Dolphins felt first was appropriate to move to allocate more cash. And that, in turn, tips their hand that these guys are going to be aggressive yet again. And the worst thing you can do, I'm not saying signing Kyle Van Noy was a mistake, but the worst thing you can do is emotionally cling to decisions that you've made because it was a big investment and you want it to work. 
Kyle Van Noy was perfectly fine. He played to the same standard he played in the last three years in New England. He's the same player. He posted the second highest sack total of his career. He had more tackles for loss than any other year in his career. He had the second highest quarterback hits of any years in his career this year in Miami, and he missed two games. Kyle Van Noy was exactly as advertised. But you had Andrew Van Ginkle that kind of emerged a little bit. And when Van Ginkle's making less than a million dollars a year, and he could step into that more prominent base-type role, and, and yes, the Dolphins are going to still need another linebacker to step into the rotation, but that's a numbers game decision that the Dolphins clearly felt comfortable making. Do we get anything for Van Noy now that the report is out that they're, they're braced to, to trade him? I doubt it. Uh, because any team that brings him in is going to be signing up for like a $12 million cap hit in 2021 uh, in fully guaranteed money. They will absorb those guarantees in that fine print for part of that $30 million in guarantees that the Dolphins will be avoiding by moving on from him before the third week in March. Any team who trades from him would take that number on. And as a result, I mean, they, they would be trading for Van Noy and effectively 20-something million dollars over the next two years with 17 of that guaranteed money. I don't, I doubt you'll have somebody who jumps, especially with the salary cap climate being what it is, I doubt you'll have somebody that jumps on that. One of the teams that would have made the most sense to do so would have been like the New York Jets, and the Dolphins aren't probably going to be doing business with an AFC East team. The new and improved Built Bar formula makes what was already the best protein bar on the market even more delicious than ever before. And best of all, the 18 flavors that Built Bar provides, whether it's caramel brownie, carrot cake, banana bread, mint brownie, orange, toffee, almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, German chocolate, cookies and cream, you name it. They are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. But just importantly, Built Bars aren't just good to taste. They're good for you. Between 130 and 200 calories per bar, up to 20 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar per bar. So whether you're looking for something that's keto-friendly, you're looking for a healthy snack, something post-workout, something to start your day, Built Bar can be that for you. And when you visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20, you will get 20% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So where do the Dolphins go from here? Uh, does this, as some have speculated, put the Dolphins, put it in Sharpie, Micah Parsons in the first round, Zayvon Collins in the first round? No, I don't think so. Uh, I do think the Dolphins will be looking to uh, remodel the entire room. I think Jerome Baker has a piece in that room. I think Andrew Van Ginkle is the hybrid-esque player, has a role in that room. I don't necessarily know that Vince Beagle is back. I think uh, he versus some of the other edge guys that they have, whether it's Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Agba or Van Ginkle himself, it's kind of redundant. Uh, Vin, uh, would not really advocate for Beagle to play a stack linebacker role, which Van Noy did some of. Uh, so therefore, you're talking about just 
now having to add probably two linebackers, plus the depth of is he Landon Roberts back and is Kamu Gruger Hill back again in 2020. So I think the first thing you have to do is you have to look at the free agent market. Let's read through some names, shall we? Projected free agent linebackers for 2021 free agency, which starts in two weeks from today, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard, set your alarm, be ready, be around. Levante David, linebacker, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 31 years old. Annual average salary uh, that he played under in 2020, $10.05 million, a.k.a. roughly equivalent to what Kyle Van Noy cutting him saves the Miami Dolphins. Okay, interesting enough. K.J. Wright, 32 years old, annual average salary that he played on in 2020, $7 million. Those are the top two names, and both are effective in coverage. K.J. Wright, I mean, they're both a little long in the tooth. If the Dolphins, you know, Van Noy was going to be 30. If you want more of a true stack linebacker who can play better in coverage, both of these options are upgrades from Van Noy from a coverage perspective. Levante David's an unquestioned upgrade, if that's the direction the Dolphins choose to go. Um, some of the other names that jump out to me, I'm going to try and be selective. Alec Anzalone, New Orleans Saints, probably not coming back with the Saints cap situation being what it is. Reuben Foster, former first-round linebacker, uh, with the Washington football team. He is very, very physically talented, uh, but he has struggled with some off-the-field stuff. Miami has shown a willingness to embrace those kinds of players. Matt Milano, linebacker, Buffalo Bills. Due for a big payday. Really good in coverage. Divisional rival. The Dolphins know him well. They know exactly what he can do. It's about it for starting options that you feel comfortable with. Uh, Jalen Reeves-Maven is a depth player from Detroit. I'd be interested in, in you know, potentially exploring bringing him into the fray. Excuse me. J.M. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. Another name to watch. Missed him here on the list. Alexander Johnson. Denver Broncos restricted free agent, probably not going to be in the cards for Miami. Matt Milano is appealing because he's from a divisional rival, so signing him would hurt the Buffalo Bills. He's 27 years old. So it's an upgrade in coverage. You're making the Bills worse. You're probably going to have to pay a little bit more than what Van Noy was going to be on the books for. But he's also younger. Levante David, 31 years old, roughly the same age as Van Noy, a better football player, and that's no disrespect to Kyle Van Noy. Levante David is a low-key Hall of Fame candidate when you look at the entire body of work in Tampa. So there's some options in free agency. They'll both cost about equal money. You're looking for a discount? Maybe Reuben Foster... On a low-risk roll of the dice, Alex Anzalone is one I would earmark as well. But I would expect them to sign somebody. And then, yes, they're going to draft somebody for sure, no question. 
But the more I watch this linebacker group from 2021 NFL draft perspective, and we've been doing these cross-checks over at TDN uh, for the course of about three weeks now. Yes, Micah Parsons is a stud. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame, 215, 220 pounds, not an ideal linebacker fit for Miami based on size. Zayvon Collins compares favorably to Kyle Van Noy from Tulsa. But you also have Nick Bolton from Missouri. He's a true stack Mike linebacker candidate. 232 pounds. Really explosive. Reminds me a little bit of Devin Bush. Speaking of reminds me a little bit of Devin Bush, Cameron McGrone, University of Michigan, redshirt sophomore. 230, 235 pounds. Played with some toughness. Played with a cast on his hand uh, for part of 2020. Jabril Cox from LSU. 6'3", 233, confirmed height weight because of the Senior Bowl. And arguably the best coverage linebacker in this year's class. Very physically talented player. Baron Browning, 6'3", 241. Ohio State Buckeyes, Dolphins had him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, arguably the most physically talented defender on the field at the Senior Bowl. He has all the physical tools in the world. Pete Werner, another Ohio State linebacker, 6'3", 242. Played some salmon, played in coverage, and played over top of tight ends with his uh, on the line of scrimmage. He did some of the similar things that Kyle Van Noy does. The point is, there's depth here. There's options here. You don't have to draft Kyle Van Noy's replacement in the first round. Would I slam the door shut on that being the direction the Dolphins choose to go in the first round? No. It depends on how the board falls. But I don't think the Dolphins are going to cut Kyle Van Noy, and now they're sitting there saying, yeah, now let's just get to 18 and we'll draft Zayvon Collins. I think they're going to say, okay, we really like our options to add some depth to replace Camus Gruger-Hill, Elena Roberts, replace those guys potentially in free agency, potentially sign a starter if we can get one for the right price. But we're going to let the board fall our way. And the Dolphins, who let the board fall their way in the past two years, have done so by prioritizing premium positions early in the draft. And linebacker, like it or not, is not a premium position. So my inkling tells me they probably will not be targeting going out of their way or trading up for targeting a linebacker in the first round. If Zayvon Collins is there at 36, then yes, let's have the conversation. But if he's not, is Jabril Cox going to be there at 50? Is Baron Browning going to be there at 50? I didn't even mention Dylan Moses from Alabama. Jamin Davis from Kentucky. These guys are the B, or Jamin Davis is the bee's knees in the scouting community right now. Everybody's talking about this long, rangy, 6'4 linebacker from Kentucky with explosive movement skills. They got options in the draft. And I would not pigeonhole them into say, yep, well, just put it in Sharpie. They're picking a linebacker at 18. Or, oh, yep, they're trading back to, to 8 and taking Micah Parsons. Not so fast. Not so fast. What I can tell you is this. The next two weeks are going to be nuts. <laughs> the Dolphins are going to continue to set themselves up for the opening of the league year, and I would expect that means this is not the only eye-opening transaction we see the Dolphins make. And my friends, that is where I'll leave you with a simple question. What players can the Dolphins move and save cap space on from here in similar light 
to what they just did with Kyle Van Noy, or what they're reportedly set to do with Kyle Van Noy. We've already talked about the cut candidates of Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, and each one of those guys is about $3 million a piece that you could save. We've talked about Bobby McCain. He'll save you over $5.5 million. Emmanuel Agba, he's due seven point five in no fully guaranteed money. He's not going anywhere. He's going to stay. He had a great year. But I'm just mentioning his name because as, as far as the Dolphins and looking at their roster and cap situation and trying to identify players who could be moved to maximize cap space, Agba has no guaranteed money. But he's not going anywhere. That's just it's a bookkeeping note on my part. Friendly reminder that Xavier Howard, via trade, is a very movable asset. Friendly reminder, go back and listen to the could-slash-should-the-Dolphins-entertain-the-idea-of-trading-Xavier-Howard podcast from earlier this offseason, in which we went into an extensive amount of detail as far as the financials and presenting a case for why the Dolphins could consider it. Well, the Dolphins... I had never anticipated could consider cutting Kyle Van Noy one year into a deal in which he was everything they were expecting to get when they signed him. But that's what happens when the cap comes crashing down. Eric Flowers, what pick do you have to give away to move this guy off the roster? You can save $8 million with a trade of Eric Flowers. You can't cut him. You have to trade him. So good luck. That's it. I would identify Xavier Howard, Eric Flowers, Bobby McCain. Those are the big three remaining pieces that the Dolphins could, stress could, feasibly make some noise with. But this Van Noy move opens up plenty of hypotheticals for the Dolphins offseason. What we explore the rest of this week You're just going to have to hit subscribe on the podcast and find out. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins. Hope you guys enjoyed. Keep it locked in right here. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow.